You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season two. It's episode 48, Cubs Blow It with Bad Bunts. Don't forget to listen, download, review. Most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on all the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter and Instagram. Fly the W on Facebook. Of course, you can email Crawley and I, fly the W670 at gmail.com. Crawley, first of all, happy Friday. Happy uh, beginning to a long holiday weekend for uh, most of us. And, uh, the Cubs look like they could use another vacation, but uh, unfortunately there's no rest coming their way anytime soon. That was an absolute, we, we were worried about this, Dustin, you and I, I think when we made our predictions, you, you know, I said, I thought the Cubs would win one of three and you said, please don't get swept. And they got <laughs> swept. Uh, you can only laugh. That's why I'm laughing. Probably they, they, they got swept. They, they look like a team that uh that had jet lag especially the uh the first game which we're going to get into in a second um the offense appears to still be broke uh at certain times uh starting pitching was eh over the, the over the three games even though we got a quality start from Kyle Hendricks in game 3 we'll get into it but let's uh let's start off with that first game going back to uh Tuesday night yeah, I was there. Uh, Jameson Tyone versus Ranger Suarez. The Cubs, last time they faced Suarez, um, were able to get to him. This time, not as much. They're going to lose 5-1. to one. And like you said, man, I, I was at this game, right? And so there was a question of whether they were going to play it or not because the air quality was so bad. Very was bad. It awful? I mean, it, was it awful? Uh, um, it wasn't as bad by the lake as it was the further inland you went, but you could. It was there was definitely a haze over the field. And it smelled like um, if you ever had a campfire the next day when you wake up and the campfire still smoldering, it smelled like that. Okay. Not a great smell. No. And so, I mean, between the jet lag and the air quality, the Cubs offense looked anemic. Suarez, you know, it, the Phillies are hot. We said that last episode. Suarez was 2-1 and one with a 135 ERA in his past six starts. He went 7.1 innings pitch. He gave up four hits on one run, one walk, and eight Ks. But the Cubs, they only had two hits in the first seven innings, right? They finished the game with one run on six hits. They left six men on base, one for five with runners in scoring position. And Ian Happ hit into two double plays. Cody Bellinger and Nick Madrigal really were the offense. They each had two hits, so they accounted for four out of the Cubs' six hits. um, Bellinger and Madrigal each got hit in the bottom of the eighth, and then Nico Horner singled to make it five to one, but that's, that's it. So... You know, other than if other than Bellinger and Madrigal, nobody else was hitting the ball, and and they just they just looked like very lethargic. Like I said, I don't know if it was jet lag, I don't know if it was the wildfire error, I don't know if it was a combination of the both, but just didn't look like they came to play. Yeah, Major League Baseball could have done them a solid by holding that game up and maybe having a doubleheader. Um, you know, either on Wednesday or Thursday, I was following it, and I was quite surprised that that game did end up getting played. And everything you said is right, Crawley. It just looked like a team. And reading it on Twitter and following it uh, in the newspapers just looked like a team and that uh, just didn't have their legs uh, back underneath them after they got home from London. Now, um, pitching, uh, this is going to be a question, what to do with Jamison Tyone. Another awful start for Jamo, who saw his record go to two and six, went five innings pitch, gave up seven hits, five runs, one walk. But he did have a season high eight strikeouts for yay for small victories. But if you uh, if you remember from our hot and not list from the last episode, we talked about Brandon Marsh and Nick Castellanos being hot, Schwarber being cold. But we talked about how Castellanos and Schwarber both loved hitting at Wrigley Field. This was evident from the start of the series. 
In the very first at-bat of the game, Schwarber would double, score on a Trey Turner single to make it one nothing Phillies. In the second inning, Brandon Marsh hits a solo home run to make it 2 to nothing. And then in the fifth, Bryson Scott hit a bunt single, and Brandon Marsh would hit his second home run of the game. Again, he was on our hot list, and he showed it. The Cubs yeah, were down. He was hot, all right. Yeah, he was hot, all right. Yeah. Not only that, both of them were two. I was in the bleachers at this game, and uh, both of them went to the right field bleachers, and nobody threw it back. So that's some bad karma right there. Oh, um, man. Cody Clemens would double. Garrett Stubbs drew a walk, and Tyone got Schwarber and Trey Turner to strike out sitting, but with two outs. Nick Castellano singled to make it five to nothing. Michael Rucker pitched a clean inning with Javier Assad, pitched three innings of shutout ball, which I thought you would enjoy, Dustin, there. Um, but, but you know, the story of this game was really Jamison Tyone, and it, it really, every time he pitches, you're all, you're just thinking automatic loss. Like how, how, you know, you, you just, that's when we, when we do our predictions, I'm like, they're not going to win the JMO game. So, you know, th then I basically base it off that he went five innings, gave up seven hits, five runs, uh, one walk, eight K's and two home runs to Brandon Marsh. Now the beat writers got to talk with Carter Hawkins and he was asked if Tyone would go to the bullpen at some point in time if they acquired some more arms at the talk and trade deadline. And Hawkins responded very politically, but very lawyerly, if you read into it. He said, quote, right now he's in our rotation. We don't have any plans to move him out of it. Obviously, things change over the course of the season, but not the conversation we had. Do you want him in the bullpen though, either? I mean, you might not want him in the rotation, but do you want him in the bullpen? You know, because he had eight strikeouts the other night. Now all of a sudden is he a guy, if he can't take the pressure of starting games for the Cubs, and that's what I think this is. I think this is trying to live up to the contract and that's the issue. If he can't do that, I don't know if he's not going to be a high leverage situation guy. I mean, you can't have a guy around that kind of money being in the, the fifth or sixth inning role. I don't think they're going to move him uh, to the bullpen. I don't, I mean, I don't know if they're going to have a phantom injury. I don't know what they're going to do, but I mean, it's bad when the guy that you signed to a four year big money contract and you're already asking if he should go into the bullpen. I mean, that, that that's a bad sign. <laughs> this is Carter. This is Carter and Jed's first big free agent signing together. Right. right. Obviously they have the, you have Dansby Swanson too. Um, but everybody knew, I mean, everybody's been saying for two years that this was going to be the year the Cubs were going to back it up and get one of the, you know, four great shortstops that were going to be available via free agency. So at least from a starting pitching standpoint, and that's what um, a lot of people thought Carter Hawkins uh, skill set was, they, they just misidentified this guy so far. So I'm just hoping that it's more pressure and that maybe they can help him out in between the ears and it's not mechanical because I think Tommy Hottavy is a really good pitching coach. And I think if it was mechanical, Tommy could have fixed that by now. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, there's a lot of things that could be going on and, and right now it's just like get to the all-star break and hopefully the guy gets a little bit of a breather and, and comes back strong. But when, when you're asking whether to re put him in the bullpen or when you start hearing people making comparisons to Edwin Jackson, that's not a good thing. Yeah, you don't want your name in the same sentence as Edwin Jackson unless it's about how much money you got paid. 
Right. And so that takes us to game two, Drew Smiley versus Aaron Nola. Cubs are going to lose this one to eight, uh, eight to five for the second straight game. The Cubs starting pitching struggled. And this time it was Smiley. He gave up five runs in the second inning. He gave up a two run homer to Edmundo Sosa and a three run homer to Nick the stick. Uh, Castellanos looked really good this game. The Cubs were down five, nothing in the second inning. In the fourth inning, he gave up doubles to Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos to make it six to one. A single to Bryce Harper would score Castellanos to make it seven to one. And that would be it for Smiley. He went only 3.2 innings. He gave up nine hits, seven runs, one walk, and two Ks in that short amount of time. Hayden Wesniski came in out of the pen and he pitched pretty well. He went 4.1 innings, gave up two hits, one run, one walk, and four Ks. Michael Rucker pitched one inning of scoreless ball. He continues to look good. Nick Castellanos finished the day two for five with a home run and four RBIs. You know, we talked about how Drew Smiley lately, sometimes, you know, if you're a pretty good pitcher, and that's what Smiley is, he's a good pitcher, but you can get away with things sometimes. But lately with the walks and the hard contact, he was keeping the Cubs in it, but you knew there was going to be a matter of time before, you know, an offense is going to break out and capitalize on those type of things. And that's what happened this game and just wasn't good. Right. Well, and again, right away, the starting pitching, you know, go back to game one and now in game two, and we're going to talk about game three in a minute, the starting pitching put the Cubs in a hole immediately. Right. And in a five run second, um, that's a big hole to climb out of. If he doesn't give up five, maybe the Cubs have a fighting chance in this game because they did score some runs in this one. But when you're immediately down game after game after game, then that, that's hard. And the Cubs starting pitching has been really good this year. It's just you don't want all the guys to go the wrong way all at the same time. Right. And the good news is the Cubs offense didn't look as sluggish as it did on Tuesday night. But unfortunately, and, and we, we've been down this road many a times, they couldn't get the big hit to get them back into the game. Jared Young made his first start of the season and hit his first major league home run in his first at bat in the third inning to make it a five to one game. Swanson would add a solo home run in the fourth. The Cubs down seven to two. The Cubs were down eight to two in the fifth when they had their best chance to make a comeback. They loaded the bases with no outs for Christopher Morrell. Aaron Nola's on the mound, right? And Morrell's been struggling and Nola jumps out to ahead of Morrell. Oh, and two. And you're just looking like, Oh God, this is a strikeout. He's going to put him away. But Morel took the next four pitches and drew a walk. Magical would score, and that would make it 8-3. But I was so impressed by the plate discipline of Christopher Morel, especially in that high leverage situation. You know, like how sometimes guys get super jacked up when the crowd's roaring and, and you know, you came all the way back and he didn't bite at any of the garbage that Nola threw. And so I was excited. And so the Cubs get a run out of that. Then they catch a break, right? So there's still no outs, right? Bases loaded. It's eight to three. Ian Happ hit one that would have been an easy double play for Josh Harrison, but Nola stuck out his glove instinctively. The ball deflects off it. And so the only play Harrison has is the first. Talkman scores. And the Cubs trail eight to four. They got one out with runners at second and third. So you're thinking if you get a single here, it's a two-run game. You're right back in it, right? So you only have one out. You got runners at second and third. They catch another break when Dansby Swanson hits one right back to Nola, who started a sloppy uh, rundown of Nico Horner. Nico is on third. He's obviously caught off that. Uh, but 
uh, Nola didn't run him all the way back. And that allowed Nico to keep the uh, rundown going and allowed the runners to advance to second and third. So even though it wasn't out, you, you still have runners at second and third for Cody Bellinger, who would pop out to Trey Turner to end the threat. And the Cubs offense had five runs on 10 hits. They left seven men on base, Dustin, and 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. You, you will not win a game, Crawley, with that stat. You will not win a game 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. It's just not – you just can't have that. It, you won't win it. You will not win a game when you do that. So, um, you know, shame on, shame on starting pitching and, and shame on guys not stepping up in the big moments. I do agree with you. It wasn't impressive at bat. Um, that Christopher Morrell had, but uh, just no timely hitting whatsoever. Zero. Nope, and that'll continue in game three when Kyle Hendricks was facing Taiwan Walker. The Cubs would lose this one three to one. Kyle continued his string of good starts. He had five starts in June, Dustin, and four of them were quality starts. The one game that wasn't quality starts, he, he, just, he was only able to go five innings and gave up two earned runs, but he has absolutely pitched excellent since starting to call his own games and last night against the Phillies was no different he gave up a leadoff home run to his old teammate Kyle Schwarber can you believe that Kyle on Kyle crime 2016 yeah, Cubs. But see, that's 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 what I'm talking about though again like right away and and you talk about right it was the first pitch of the game and you're in a hole I just think at every single game in this series the starting pitching set a terrible uh, a terrible tempo, uh, you know, put the Cubs in a hole immediately. And that's, that's a big part of why they get swept. Well, you know, look, Schwarber hits home runs and Kyle struggle. Hendrick struggles in the first, I'm not that upset about it. You know, you can't leave a pitch to Schwarber's right in the middle of the zone. So, I mean, we know that right away. He gave up a double to Trey Turner, but then was able to get out of the jam. Thanks to some poor base running by Trey Turner. He stole third with, and with, so you got to run around third and one out. He didn't tag up on a fly ball by Nick Castellanos for some reason. And then Hendricks was able to get um, the next two outs to get out of the jam. So good on that. In the third inning, Cody Clemens and Trey Turner singled. Turner would steal second with two outs. And then Bryce Harper had a clutch single with two outs um, and put the Phillies up three to one. That was all the Phillies would score against Hendricks as Kyle went seven innings, giving up six hits, three runs, four Ks and no walks. The bullpen continues to look sparkling as uh, Merriweather and Leiter pitch scoreless innings. Again, this is what Kyle Hendricks is right now. He's going to give up two, three runs. I mean, that Dustin, you should be able to come back from that. Oh, absolutely. Listen, he had a quality start. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I'm just trying to figure out something. Some put my finger on some reason. It, you know, it's it's Thursday. You're you're a professional athlete. You have all the best care and best treatments. You know, there's no more the, the the London the London trip is over. The London trip's in the rearview mirror. So that the Thursday, that's not an excuse. I mean, that that's when you talk to about the offense. Um, after the so, I thought after the Cubs put up some runs in game two, right? This is usually what you see. The Cubs kind of look dead ass. And then all of a sudden they kind of start getting some runs. Maybe they're late. Maybe they're garbage runs. And the next game you see them kind of put in a good offensive performance. But it didn't happen. And here's the thing. Taiwan Walker was the starting pitcher. He's been really, really good lately. But he didn't look that great last night. And the Phillies made two defensive errors 
but the Cubs couldn't take advantage and they wasted numerous opportunities. The Cubs got one run in the bottom of the second when Cody Bellinger singled and then with two outs, Jared Young ripped a triple down the right field to tie the ball game at one, but the Cubs wouldn't score another run again, even though they had plenty of opportunities. And there's two specifically that we need to talk about in the fourth inning with two runners on with and two outs, Nick magical bunted straight to the first baseman to end the inning. I have no idea what was going on there. Then in the very apparently next, neither inning, and apparently neither, neither did David Ross. Right. Then in the next <laughs> inning, Mike Talkman reaches on a classic fielding air by Schwarber. Still not the greatest out there and left Nico would single. And then and so the Cubs had runners in the corners, no outs, Christopher Morrell up the bat, right? He's hitting third in the lineup, third in the lineup. He finished the game two for three with a double. He had a double, but for some reason, he tries to bunt. Now, Nico's going to advance to second, and the Cubs would have one out and runners at second and third. Ian Happ would line out to the second baseman, and Swanson was called out on strikes to end the threat. But that was the last time the Cubs came close to scoring. The offense had one run on seven hits. They drew one walk. They struck out nine times. They had The Phillies had two errors, and the Cubs were one for ten with runners in scoring position and left nine men on base. Just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Recipe for a disaster. One for 10 runners in scoring position, striking out nine times. This team should not be striking out this much because they lack the, they lack the home run ability overall as a group. They strike out way too much for a team that does not have the slug numbers. Well, you know, and then afterwards, David Ross was asked if the bunts were called from the dugout. And he said, absolutely not. He said, um, that with the magical one, magical forgot how many outs there were. How do you forget how many outs there are? I mean, even and you wonder left- why he gets sent up and down, right? People wonder why he gets sent up and down. It's moments like that. L- let's put it this way, Dustin. Would you want him bunting with one out even? Well, with one out, maybe. I mean, I wouldn't want him to, of course, but with one out, maybe, but not with two. I mean, with two, my my mom knows that you shouldn't do that with two outs. I mean, just absolutely. I mean, you got, uh, you have, you now have three scoreboards in Wrigley Field to check the outs if you're kind of not sure. It really isn't that hard, buddy. (laughs) You're really not that hard. You know, maybe you're not the biggest, you know, some people don't like the scoreboards. You got three. So there's no reason you don't know how many outs there are. And then I guess with Christopher Morrell, he thought it was the right decision. The, The Cubs talked to him afterwards about when you're a number three hitter. I mean, it's just, you have in baseball, there is no clock. It's the one damn sport where there's no clock. And so you have 27 outs to work with. You gave away an out for no reason. If he makes contact with the ball, he hits one. Even if he hits one in the outfield and the outfielder catches it, you score a run, you're down one. The the guy, just absolutely ridiculous. David Ross was quoted as saying, not our smartest ball game. And guess what, David? No, duh. Yeah. Well, he was right. He was absolutely right. Now the question is, will, you know, will Nicky Madrigal be in the lineup later on today when they've got an afternoon game against the Guardians? We'll have to wait and see.